When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See the playoffs kind of throw the records out at that point. If you truly want something in life, you gotta go take it. One thing that you can't replicate is playoff football. It's gonna be a war. Are you kidding me? Oh my! This place is on fire. Welcome to NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Just a couple days away from Super Wild Card Weekend, fascinating matchups across Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday on ESPN with Bucks Cowboys. Dan Orlovsky is here. I think he's flexing, but you know, when you don't have many muscles, you can't really tell. Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes, Keyshawn Johnson, and we also. Why do I come on this show? I'm sorry. That was really mean of me, but it was just, Dan, it was right there. Like, you teed me up. I could not say now, dude. Boogie, is that my blazer you got on the back? <laughs> it is oversized. Wait, can we talk for a second about the fact that all of us are wearing grout fits? Like, we're, we're, we got it's three grout fits on the show today. That means a gray outfit. Anyway, who sure cares do. about us? Let's get that's to Lamar Jackson, okay? He's been dealing with a PCL tear since early December. He hasn't played since. That's 39 days since he suffered the injury. He hasn't played. He's missed 17 practices. He's not out there again at practice today, so that's going to be 18. The Ravens have a tough task of trying to take down the Red Hot Bengals this weekend or their season is over. So, stinks for Lamar, but there was some good news because Tyler Huntley was back out at practice today. He resumed throwing. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. We weren't sure we would actually see him, but you can see on your screen right now this from just a little while ago. We're waiting to hear from Coach Harbaugh a little bit more, but it looks like Huntley could be ready to go and could be playing in this game. So, now that we know that, Dan, does Huntley, does this news give the Ravens an actual shot on Sunday against the Bengals? Not unless they get Joe Burrow give the ball away at least two mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Cincinnati's a football team that many of us believe legit Super Bowl contender with one of the best quarterbacks in football. With all due respect to Baltimore, I love them as an organization. Joe Burrow is not going to lose this football game being reckless with the ball. So I'm glad for Baltimore. It's going to make the game somewhat closer. If their defense plays the game of the season and they find a way to get Joe to be reckless or give the ball away two or three times, they have a shot. If not, no. Well, it helps because Anthony Brown's giveaways ultimately did cost them the last time these teams played. But Dan is absolutely right. It starts with this defense. They're going to have to have the best performance they've had all year. They're going to have to turn over Burrow. But it bears mentioning that this Ravens defense – I wouldn't say that they have Joe Burrow's number per se, but I think they play him better than any defense in the NFL. Uh, And there's a number of reasons for that. A lot of it is schematic. I think what they do with their split safety looks, their simulated pressures, the disguise, the way they take away the middle of the field is the absolute right way to play Cincinnati. I think the addition of Roquan Smith in particular has helped them on that front. But, you know, it won't be enough unless they can turn him over, force a fumble. Uh, and it is a lot of pressure on their shoulders given the situation at quarterback. Yeah, you know, at this point, uh, Joe Burrow didn't have many 
bad games, but the right. three games where he's got a QBR below 40, two of them are against the Ravens yeah. defense. So there is something there. Now, that's this weekend, right? So Tyler Huntley may be playing. But over the last two seasons, as we get back to Lamar Jackson, he's missed nine games due to injury. He missed the final four games last season, remember, due to an ankle injury. He's now missed the last five games of this season due to the knee injury. Over that span, Jackson has the second highest contact rate of any quarterback in the league behind only Justin Fields. So, so just the numbers to get your mind in the right frame here as we bring in Adam Schefter now. Adam, if this is the end of the road for this season for Lamar, where does that leave him heading into the offseason? Well, nine is expected to go to ten, and that would be six straight games to end the season if the Ravens are unable to win on Sunday night. Even if they are able to win, there are no signs or assurances that Lamar will be back next week. So there's a chance we won't see Lamar Jackson again. We don't know when that will be. Again, he still hasn't practiced once yet. So the question then will take us into the offseason. He's on an expiring contract. The Ravens would be expected to use their franchise tag on him. They're not going to let Lamar Jackson just walk out the door. But that's where it gets interesting. Lamar Jackson gets tagged, and are they unable to work out a contract extension like other years, or can they finally figure out a way to get the deal done? Last season, before the season began, he turned down a deal that would have included over $250 million. That was $133 million in guaranteed money. He wanted closer to a fully guaranteed contract, the likes of which Deshaun Watson got. So there's this dance that's been going on between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson for a couple of years right now that they've been unable to complete and finish. Is this the offseason, or are there more questions that get asked about his future there in the short and long term? Adam, uh, we're just sitting here wondering really fast, would the Ravens offer him that money right now, you think? That's in deal. Well, listen, I think the market on these quarterbacks only is going to go up. We're entering an offseason in which Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert both are going to be eligible for new deals. Tom Brady is going to be a free agent if he plays. The quarterback money and the price of them is always rising. It figures to rise again. It's hard to imagine that Lamar Jackson is going to take less on a deal mm. than what was mm -hmm. offered to him last year. I don't imagine that just from a common sense standpoint. Now, how much more, if any, Baltimore would offer him would be a more pertinent question, but... We're still dealing in hypotheticals. We're still getting ready for a playoff game. And there are a lot of questions that still have to be answered. Yeah, Adam, you're right. I mean, it, it is about would they offer him more at this point because that's what he wants. And it, I think as you think of all of this, all these little pieces are important, Marcus. But what do you think these injuries have done to any potential leverage that Lamar might have had in contract negotiations? I, I, I think it builds leverage. I would, Shefty said they offered him $133 million guarantee. I would love to know at some point, could we get, like, what did they offer uh, Kyler Murray guaranteed and what did Russell Wilson get? I think that's a good perspective when we have this conversation. But to your question, uh, Shefty, how much did both of those guys get guaranteed? I'd have to look down and get the numbers. But, again, I think it was right in the range. I think that they offered Lamar more and guaranteed. Uh -huh. But you're asking me at the top of my head from guaranteed money last summer. I'd have to, it would take five minutes to sit down and look at it. I'm not prepared to do that right well, now. We'll let Adam look I that up you. and we'll get I back to you. it. But go ahead, Swagoo. So, so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm coming off that point because of the guaranteed money, which is the only thing that's important. Like we talk about 
a lot of these numbers, but Boogie, some of it is a lot of fluff. Like we got, and and you got to get there and, and play a certain amount of years and finish contracts out. So that's why guys focus so much on the guaranteed money. I think his leverage has grown. I think if you get rid of Lamar Jackson, if you let Lamar Jackson walk out of the door or you let Lamar Jackson determine that he's not going to come back and play, you legitimately have to change everything you do as an offensive football team. And you may have to blow up your scheme. And that's the situation that the Ravens put themselves in. Now, if they're going to go a, a total opposite direction and determine that they're going to run a different offense, they're going to hire a different offensive coordinator, if they are going to have a different quarterback back behind center, then, then I would sit here and tell you Lamar Jackson has no leverage if they're willing to go that direction. But if they're not, he has all the leverage in the world because everybody has seen what we've been watching. Marcus, when you when you talk about the money, that is the right way to start in this whole situation on the guaranteed money side. And you you asked the question about the guaranteed money. Kyler Murray has a, was at about $160 million of guaranteed money, total guarantee. Russell Wilson has $161 million of total guaranteed money with about 125 of that 161 at signing. So he's about $37 million short already when you think about it. Now, when you say, well, what does this do? It's a win-win either way, right? And this is why I say this, because if they franchise tagging like we all think and like Adam says, now you have the opportunity to go in there and say, okay, you franchise tag me. I don't necessarily want to be here. Now trade me because I want to get my money. I want to get paid what I'm supposed to get paid. And that's the way you approach that thing. And now you put them in a situation where they've got to now make a decision. Do I get rid of my franchise quarterback and start all over again? Or do we do what we're supposed to do and pay him the money that he's worth? Yeah, it feels like even back when all this was being sorted out before and didn't end up getting done, the Ravens were inclined to pay Lamar Jackson and try to keep him. Adam, Josh Allen, $150 million guaranteed the most all time, right? Well, no, Deshaun Watson is the highest guarantee, Laura, oh, and that right. is the issue where Lamar was looking to get that contract, $230 million guaranteed. Kyler Murray was about $189 million. Key mentioned Russell Wilson, $161 million. Aaron Rodgers, $150.8 million. Josh Allen, $150. Patrick Mahomes, $141. Matthew Stafford, $130. So the Ravens were at about $133 in guarantees. And yeah, see. So sure, we're short yeah. on the guarantees. But the average of the deal was over $50 million a yep. year, which would have put him in line as the red. So, again, it's all about guarantees. We got it. We, we understand. And that's why okay, all right. the deal <laughs> didn't get done. That's why Lamar didn't take it. And yeah. That's why yeah. Lamar bet on yeah. himself and felt like he could get more. That was a gamble. And then he goes out and sprains his PCL. And you have to wonder what that does to a quarterback's mindset at a time like this. right? That's got to be a little bit unnerving and a little bit unsettling when you are Obviously, getting all that money, you can't get that money and you have to wait for the offseason. Yeah, a good reminder, too, that Lamar Jackson represents himself. This is going to be a conversation we continue on. And we're just getting started here today on NFL Live with Tua Tungabailoa out against a hot Buffalo team. Will it all come down to the Dolphins' defense? Will someone here tells you why they must pressure Allen for a fighting chance? That's coming your way. Plus, how will Geno Smith prevail against the league's toughest defense? Nina tells us why the quarterback should take off and run it. 
We'll tell you more in just a bit. NFL Live is presented by Intuit TurboTax. Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Let our experts do them for you. Thank you, my tech. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Coming this week on NFL Countdown, before their Super Bowl pursuits begin, we're going all access with Joe Burrow, Nick Bosa, Trevor Lawrence, and Kirk Cousins. Plus, an inside look at the pregame tradition that bonds Buffalo and the Bills together. Where else would they rather be than right here, right now? In Western Europe, they love their football, and if you love football, you're going to love playing in front of them. Spend your Super Wildcard weekend with us on NFL Countdown Saturday and Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. So glad to have you on NFL Live. Time to read and react to some news and notes from around the NFL. Josh Allen, known for having a cannon for an arm. This season's been no different. Look at that. The Bills quarterback has completed 66 passes, 15-plus yards downfield. No other quarterback in the league has completed 60 such passes this season. It just shows how much further ahead he is of everybody else in that category. Dan, do you expect Allen to continue to take shots downfield against the Miami defense on Sunday? If Miami's going to do what they do, which is play man Coverage, absolutely. Josh is the ultimate take-and-make quarterback in the NFL right now. If you're going to line up and play man coverage, they're going to do two things that they do really well in Buffalo. One, they cross people from one side of the field to the other as good as anybody. And Josh is then going to drive the ball downfield in those one-on-one opportunities to players like Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. Miami's going to do that. He's going to launch the ball downfield. The second thing is this. Josh has started to treat his legs as the check down when teams decide to play man coverage against him. If you're going to play that man, and let's say one of those crossers or deep shots isn't there and everybody has their back turned, Josh says instead of trying to find a check down to a tailback, I'm going to tuck the ball, I see a seam, and become a runner. So the reality is this. Miami, if you're going to line up and play press man, he's got the people to do it. 
He's going to take and make shots, and then he's going to use his legs. Like, what do you do against this guy? Honestly. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Zone. We wish you luck. Okay, by the way, the last time the two teams played in the Bills and the Dolphins, Allen, that was in week 15, he posted an 89 QBR on throws 15 yards downfield, completed five passes for 121 yards. Let's go to Jacksonville next. Trevor Lawrence will be playing his first career playoff game on Saturday. He was asked if last week's win-or-go-home game gave the team a taste of what the playoffs will feel like. I hope so, and I hope it's it's like that this weekend, and that's kind of you know what we expect. Our fans did a great job last weekend, but for us, I mean that was that was a playoff game last week. I mean, you look at how everything ended up playing out. If we don't win, if we didn't win that game, we're not sitting here today. You know, everybody's packing up, going home. So, I mean, that was a playoff game for us. So it's the same mindset this week. It's just official now. Key, what does a successful game plan look like for Lawrence in his playoff debut? Well, Trevor's right. That was a little bit of a playoff atmosphere, but the speed kicks up just a tick more in a real playoff situation. Last week, you look at it, he was uh, 30 of, 32 or 20. I like for him to be a little bit under 30 yards. I want a little bit over 200 yards in the air, a touchdown or two, limit the sack game. That will be success for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it drives Dan Orlowski crazy because I won't let him throw 50 times. Yeah, well, anything to drive Dan crazy. Uh, by the way, Key, with a win on Saturday, Trevor Lawrence would join Mike Vick as the only number one overall picks to win a playoff game before turning 24 years old. It speaks to how remarkable the turnaround in Jacksonville is. Let's get to Daniel Jones. He's been one of the most efficient runners in the league this season, so much so that 48% of his rushes have resulted in first downs. That's the highest rate of any player in the NFL this season. Marcus, what makes Jones so difficult to defend as a runner? I think Marcus doesn't hear us. Does anybody else want to answer that question? Uh, let's actually, let's ask Dan that. Dan, <laughs> wait, no, there's Swagoo. Go ahead. Yeah, Boogie. <laughs> My phone went out. Okay, so get Daniel Jones on the outside in, on boots. I was trying to read the lips, so I didn't even have to hear you. But use him and Saquon Barkley to allow him to be athletic and also clear the picture up for him when you move him. We've seen him have a tremendous amount of success it takes the nervous energy away. That is the reason why we've seen Daniel Jones have so much success is because Brian Dayball has put them on the move. He hasn't had to stand in the pocket, worry about pressure, worry about going through every read, get him on the outside, and if it's nothing there, use athleticism to make play. Swag, don't worry. I wasn't going to give your time away to Dan, okay? I almost did. I was buying you time to get back in, okay? We got more coming your way on NFL Live. Hey, Justin Herbert will make his playoff debut this weekend against those red-hot Jags. Dan is going to tell us what the QB must do to be successful in Duval. That's next. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Dak Prescott and the Cowboys taking on Tom Brady and the Bucks to close out Wild Card Weekend on Monday Night Football. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Plus. Our megacast coverage also includes Peyton and Eli on ESPN2 and our ESPN Deportes Spanish language version. You can check out as well. We've got you covered from start to finish. NFL Live also in Tampa starting at 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday. And so let's continue that coverage as the ESPN and Disney Family and Networks have you covered. I said NFL Live's coming your way. We'll be there from Bucks Beach right outside Raymond James Stadium. Cannot wait. A special two-hour edition of the show to get you ready for Cowboys and Bucks. And you see all the rest of the great coverage. First take in town. Get up. Monday night countdown. Man, it's going to be fun. Come hang with us in Tampa on Monday. So let's get you ready for that game, okay? We got the Bucks and Cowboys coming from all sides today. As Ed Werder is down in Texas, while Jenna Lane is standing by from Tampa. Ed, we start with you. What's going on down at the start today? Well, Laura, Jason Garrett was the Cowboys head coach for nearly a decade immediately before Mike McCarthy. Many of the players on the roster were acquired during his tenure. So it was interesting that in the aftermath of their loss at Washington last week that Garrett pointed out in his role as an NBC analyst that the Cowboy, he views the Cowboys as less than great when playing outdoors on grass and said it's particularly evident their pass rush is significantly diminished. Let's examine the defensive performance on grass compared to artificial turf. The Cowboys are a dome team built on defensive speed and quickness. They have a one in four record on grass with eight takeaways and just 12 sacks on artificial turf. They're 11 and one with 25 takeaways and 42 sacks. Micah Parsons did not seem discouraged by any of those stats when I asked him about this subject just a few minutes ago. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, sometimes the conditions may change it too. Um, but uh, I think their grass is pretty good, so I think we should have a pretty good day. While Tom Brady's average release time of 2.45 seconds is the fastest in the NFL, still Parsons sacked him twice in week one. In fact, Parsons led the NFL in multi-sack games with six. All of those games played on artificial turf. Overall, Laura, Parsons had 12 sacks on artificial surfaces, just one and a half on grass. You love to see it. Let's go to Jenna. Yeah, Laura, so many people have pointed to the fact that the Bucks were able to beat the Cowboys in week one. However, if you talk to Levante David, he said that that was 17 weeks ago. We thought we were hot stuff back then. He goes, now they're the team with a better record. And so much has happened between these two teams. Dak Prescott was lost in that game, and he missed the next seven games with injury. The next six games, I should say. And then Chris Godwin left the game with injury. So did Donovan Smith. So did Julio Jones. And with Godwin, that was his first game back from a torn ACL and MCL. He had surgery just eight months 
before that. He'll tell you he wasn't 100% then, and now he trusts himself, and he's so much more comfortable. And then as far as the Bucks' offense, it's starting to gel, according to offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. He said that just the fact that they've been able to have guys back practicing consistently for the last four weeks, he feel like has made a big difference he said really before that earlier on in the season it was just grab and go and constantly inserting new guys into the lineup thanks to jenna as well as ed for all the latest on bucks cowboys hey time to go on trend where each week i bring you a current statistical trend one of our analysts is going to tell you if it continues this weekend we're going to stay on this bucks cowboys game where tom brady's connection with mike evans has not been ideal this season evans struggled to get separation leading to seven interceptions when brady has thrown him the ball that's the most interceptions by any quarterback targeting a player in the nfl this season on the bright side, the two connected on three touchdowns in their last game together twice what they had done all season previously. So, Key, what do you expect out of this particular connection Monday night? I expect for it to be a bad trend. I, I look at the secondary of Dallas Cowboys. I'm assuming Diggs will shadow him most of the night. I, I just don't see where Tom Brady will have the time with this front seven getting after him with an offensive line that's been banged up all year long and somewhat weak. So, I see this trend continuing. On to the Chargers, where Justin Herbert has thrived with quick passing. We continue on trend. On throws under two and a half seconds this season, Herbert ranks second in QBR and top 10 in both touchdowns and first down rate. On Saturday, he'll face a Jags defense that ranks 27th in opponent QBR on quick passes. So, Key, you expect this success with the quick throws to continue for Herbert this weekend? I do. I think that when you look at Williams and Allen, considering Williams will probably be in the lineup, I know he got banged up a week ago, get the ball out quick. It's just treated like a normal, regular season football game. Don't get all spazzed out because it's the playoffs and it's your first appearance in the playoffs. Do the same things that you've been doing all year long that got you there. And I think they'll have success in doing that. Getting the ball out quick is important. I think in the right moments, and it's important. You know, I think that I would categorize the first time this, these two teams played as Justin played very hurried. And I want him to slow down a little bit when it comes to his mind. He's such a smart kid, but he played in such a hurried manner that it hurt their offense. He's right now making a decision to throw. Both those receivers aren't anywhere near the top of their routes. The ball jumps on the tailback, and the protection wasn't any issue. Here's another one. He's throwing this, essentially in a wide-end arch check down. But the out route's not even turning his head. He can drive that ball to the sideline. No one's underneath. But he's playing such a hurried manner. This ball starts over the middle of the field. You work towards squeeze. That squeeze comes from the bottom of the screen. You should throw that seventh stop or corner stop route to the bottom. Instead, Justin's just playing so fast where he throws it to the top. And that ball has to be kind of a wasted down because that linebacker moved. Justin's such a smart player that he often knows where the ball has to go. Yep. But you want him to think in a, a, a slower manner where he trusts what his eyes – and that's really what's happened over the last six or seven yeah. weeks is he started to move people with his eyes because he knows where the ball needs to go rather than reacting to what his eyes are telling him. Slow down a little bit, play fast, just not hurried. You know, and, and that was right after he took that shot to the ribs. Watching that, Dan, good I point. was thinking, oh, he oh, doesn't want to get hit right now, yeah. which is great because as we've seen, what, what's great now is as we, the season has gone on and he's gotten healthier. You're right. You have seen him hang in a little bit longer. You've seen more comfort from him inside the pocket. And then you've seen increased mobility, which 
Stop me if you've heard this before, will be paramount in this game. This Jags defensive line is no joke. And yeah. we talk about Josh Allen, Javon Walker, Arden Key has been an absolute menace for them. When they move him inside, they do cool stuff with pressures, overloads, simulated. However, when quarterbacks are on the move on design rollouts, Jacksonville ranks 29th in EPA per play. And Justin Herbert is phenomenal throwing on the run. I hate to be a broken record about this, but I'm really talking about this game in particular. If he is on the move, they will be able to generate deep plays. Mm. Yeah, it's a really important point. It, guys, also something else to keep an eye on. Field Yates just tweeted this out. Mike Williams has yet to be seen in practice yeah. this week. That puts his no. status in question against the Jaguars. I know. That was my same reaction, Dan. It just it, it feels like a very important piece to this Chargers offense that may not be out there. Not only this game, but you know, you think of this football team, you go, they got a chance to go on a run here. Yeah. But only if those two receivers are healthy. Right. You know, Keenan's good, but Mike is their real difference maker. And here they're gonna see MK knows this and, and Keisha, they're gonna see a ton of man coverage. Jacksonville's yes. gonna line up. If we did their game in London, in and their defensive game. coordinator is like hey, man, we're going to line up and dictate to you. They're right? going to see man coverage. Go, Mia. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think Mike Williams, you've seen it. He's such a difference maker in terms of what they can do against man coverage, his ability with the ball in his hands, the contested catches, the deep yeah. field threat. But I'll say Keenan Allen, I think, is huge in this game because Jacksonville has had trouble defending shiftier yes. slot receivers. And when he's returned to the lineup, things have gotten so much easier for Herbert. You know, it just stinks because Staley made the decision to play Mike Williams. You saw him in all the oh. pain with his back in the tunnel. It's just, it just stinks. It's a, the harsh reality, but hopefully he'll be able to play. All right, coming up, should the Vikings be worried about keeping up with the Jones? <laughs> Daniel Jones. Jeez, dude, I'm done with you. <laughs> Giants. I'm done with you. Marcus is going to weigh in on how the G-Men can pull off the upset. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We're getting you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend, just 48 hours or so away. Let's dive into Seattle versus San Francisco. The Seahawks lost both matchups to the 49ers this season. They scored a total of 20 points in those two games. Yikes. Now, granted, the Niners have the best defense in the NFL, but what can Seattle do to have more success the third time around? Well, Dan, give us a spot that Seattle can potentially attack that 49ers defense on Saturday. You have to be aggressive, and you have to take shots downfield. Now, 
I want to go back a couple weeks to something that the Raiders did against this San Francisco defense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so San Francisco defensively is traditionally a quarters coverage team. Okay, that means deep quarter, deep quarter, deep quarter. That's a zone defense. Now, this corner, they'll play sometimes what we call catcher palms. He could be a deep quarter guy or a cover two flat defender. Now, that's the first process. The second process is this, understanding that these linebackers do such a great job in play-action passive getting downhill and then getting great depth. So it's really difficult because those quarter safeties play with great depth and then those underneath defenders play with great depth. What you have to do is instead of in your play-action game of getting these guys to go down and try to get depth because they're great at it, what you want to do is get them to move laterally in your play-action game. Now, we want to go to this offense, right? Because in quarters, you really want to try to take aggressive safeties and make them pay. Now, first of all, Raiders, offset back but underneath center. My question is, well, why is that happening? What they're going to do is this. They're going to basically switch the roles of the tailback and the wide receiver coming in motion. The back is going to be a guy that goes out to the flat on a chip on that tackle. They're going to ball fake jet motion to make these linebackers move laterally. They're trying to create the voids. And the pass concept is going to one we all know. One on the deep post. Two on the crosser, three to the tailback. Now, I want everybody at home to pay attention to these guys right here when the ball fake happens. Ball fake on that jet motion happens. See how they move laterally right there? They're not moving vertically. I've now created a big void that I can go take advantage of. This is easy for a quarterback. I talked about one, two, three. The read is this safety. If this safety decided to drive down, let's launch that post. If that safety hangs back, well, here comes that deep cross. Stidham sees it. There's a great pocket against the San Francisco rush. Bang, that's how you attack that defense. Now we go back to last week because Seattle does a good job. We know it's a copycat league of paying attention. All right, here's the Rams. They're in their quarters defense. San Francisco's going to play it. I'll go to the offense. Offset back. Everybody at home should know what's coming. Here comes that jet motion. Mm. Beautiful job. There's that ball fake, and it's the very same concept. You've got that deep post. Here comes the deep cross. The back is here, and you're trying to get that guy to move linebacker-wise horizontally. Now, Geno does an awesome job because this is the difference, the safety. Remember I told you if the safety drives down, we want to try to launch that post. That safety square, he's got an opportunity to launch the post. Geno sees it, and this is why I say Geno's throwing about as many perfect balls as anybody in the NFL Ooh, right there. That's a absolutely moment perfect. For that throw. This is a very difficult defense wow, to try to that's... attack. But I like the fact that I see Seattle pay attention to it Ooh, and know yeah. in the play-action game, you want to get those linebackers to go inside to side rather yeah. than vertically. That's such a good point, Dan, such a good tape. You know who else had success doing that against San Francisco? The Kansas City Chiefs. And I, and I can tell you, every team around the NFL is watching that tape and the Raiders tape and trying to learn lessons about how they created a bit of uncertainty for them. The other thing about quarters coverage that I think is really important and something you saw in the Raiders game is uh, because essentially all of the defenders have to match receivers it's right. hard to keep eyes on the quarterback and that's why I think it's also paramount for Geno Smith to move in this game you saw Jared Stidham do it by the way using no his doubt. legs just create on his own but also to extend plays uh, and honestly that's been one of Geno's best perhaps most underrated qualities this season is making plays and creating with his legs something I didn't know frankly he was capable of doing at this level that's going to be so important against this San Francisco defense because if you let that pass rush tee yeah. off, you have no chance, and that's what happened the last time these teams played. And, MK, I know we all love Kenneth Walker. He's been great. I just don't think he's the key no. to the game, yes. right? Yeah, like yes, they do come not. Out and- 
light first down on fire running the ball against the San Francisco front. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, one other thing on Geno I thought was interesting. On throws over two and a half seconds after the snap, Geno Smith leads the league with 25 touchdowns. <laughs> so there you go. I love it. All right, guys. Uh, let's get Adam Schefter back in here for some top stories. Adam, we start in Baltimore. The status of quarterback Lamar Jackson, what do we know? Laura, he was officially a did not practice today. That makes two straight days of no practice, and that means he's not expected to play on Sunday night against the Bengals. The real question is whether Tyler Huntley can replace him this time as opposed to Anthony Brown. Tyler Huntley was listed as a limited participant in practice today, but there doesn't seem to be much hope at all that this will be the week that Lamar Jackson returns to the lineup and the field. Meanwhile, Sean Payton is scheduled to meet with his first team on Tuesday morning in Los Angeles with the Denver Broncos. The Broncos ownership group traveling out west. Sean McVay has gotten interest from Arizona, from Houston, from all the teams out there, but essentially the Broncos get the first meeting and it will be Tuesday morning. And earlier today, the NFL determined that Atlanta and the Mercedes-Benz Dome will serve as the neutral site AFC championship game between Kansas City and Buffalo, if that is indeed the matchup. We'll see whether that comes to be the next two weekends, but if it turns out to be Kansas City versus Buffalo, then that'll be the mat the place that they hold the game. And Derek Carr, big goodbye to Raiders Nation on social media today, saying he poured his heart and soul into the game, but he knows it's time to move on. He is expected to be traded at some point this offseason. There are enough teams that need quarterbacks He'll find a new home somewhere, wants to go to a winning franchise, but he's done with his time in Las Vegas, and he will be playing for somebody else in 2023. It was interesting doing week 18 out there in Vegas and no Derek Carr and just so many fans that we ran into who really are going to miss him. Thanks to Adam. All right, let's get to Tua Tungavailoa. We found out yesterday that Tua officially ruled out for Sunday's game against the Bills. He's not cleared by doctors to play after suffering two known concussions this season. He hit his head on the ground a third time, too. So Skylar Thompson gets the start for the Dolphins against the Bills, a Bills team that's getting healthier as they gear up for the playoffs. And Sunday will mark the third meeting between the Dolphins and Bills this season. And one thing was clear in the first two meetings, right? Josh Allen tort. Miami's defense when they sent extra pass rushers. Allen's QBR more than doubled when the Dolphins blitzed him and he averaged nearly three more yards per attempt when compared to facing a standard rush. So blitzing has been Miami's defensive blueprint all season, sending extra pass rushers at the second highest rate in the league. Something's got to give here, right? So let's talk about it. Marcus, we see the numbers when the Dolphins get aggressive. Should they bring pressure again this weekend against Josh Allen, who's like, yeah, please pressure me. I'm going to torch you. Yes, they should. Ooh. Yes, they should. I don't believe, based on the situation that the Dolphins have at quarterback, that they can sit back and just allow drives to go 10, 12 plays. I think you got to try to force the issue. Listen, when you are at a disadvantage, which Miami is in this game, you got to figure out either we are going to go for the gusto or we're going to get beat. And I would, I would think that all successful defenses that I ever played on, when you're in situations, not even in this point, you got you to force the issue. You can't sit back and wait. And you got to hope that you can make some plays on the back end by making Josh Allen uncomfortable. I know what those stats say. And those stats should make you a little bit nervous. But your other alternative is less possessions offensively, no chance at getting Josh Allen to go into a bad way, and then you just watch yourself throughout four quarters 
get beat to sleep as well. Yeah, I lovingly disagree. I, there's no, there's <laughs> I mean, no way that I would play man and, and blitz Josh Allen. They, they, they'll get blown out of the, the stadium. Mm. I would say this. The Dolphins have to change who they are on defense in this game to have any shot. Play a ton of zone. Drop eight guys in coverage. And just dare over the – and Marcus's point with the backup quarterback I get, dare over the course of four quarters – the ball to get thrown underneath, and the ball to get thrown underneath, and the ball to get thrown underneath. Or are you going to run the ball on first down? Ken, we got to remember, this is Ken Dorsey's first time in this situation as their play caller. <laughs> if this game somewhat, if you're able to just keep this game ugly and tight like the Titans would and, and find it in the second half of a one-possession game, is he going to pop a run on third and four? Does he have the courage to, do, to take the ball out of his quarterback hand? I just think that's the only way that they can try to, like, slow the game down, and make it ugly and muddy and not give this quarterback, who is a monster versus man coverage, so many big play opportunities down the field. I hear both sides of this. We're going to let Mina break the tie. <laughs> Mina, do you stay aggressive? Uh, do you blitz? Or do you take Dan's approach and just play zone against Allen? I guess I'm going to split the difference and say I think they should fire zone blitz. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, political of me, right but I think it's right. Because I just watched uh, the last <laughs> game, which – was really interesting, and there's a lot to take away from it, and they did get punished for blitzing him. However, there were a few times where they had, I think it was usually Roberts, one of their linebackers, show pressure, drop out into coverage, just get a little bit of time with confusion for Allen, and then Phillips, uh, who's I think their best edge rusher right now, got home. They can't sit back altogether. They can't be too aggressive. They have to be discriminant and arrive at a point of calculated aggression just try to force some uncertainty on the part of Josh Allen and to Marcus's point, hopefully turn the ball over. He's right. Yeah, which I mean, you don't go blitz crazy, but here's my, my, my level of thought is, what do you think you're going to get from your offense if you Miami, even mm. if you make them stay patient? We got to remember that the Buffalo Bills defense is going to pressure him, and they more than likely, they'll get their, the, their hands on the ball. I, I just don't think you can go into this game if you Miami looking at those stats and saying, well, we'll just wait to see if Josh makes a mistake because nine times out of ten, Skylar Thompson will. Yeah, you know, to that point, Buffalo currently favored by 13 points in this game. It'd be the Ooh. largest spread ever in a wild card game. Got to think it'd be a lot different if Tua was playing. Sure. Unfortunately, he's not. Hey, still to come, Brock Purdy has been looking pretty. <laughs> so I can't with you, man. Sorry, Go I can't home. resist today. Go home. Anyway. Key is going to tell you the recipe for quarterback success against the Seahawks. That's next. NFL Live is presented by Intuit TurboTax. Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Let our experts do them for you. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI 
to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Vikings and Giants this weekend. In one area, the Giants offense may look to take advantage of Minnesota's defense is on play action. So this season, Daniel Jones has been excellent on play action, ranking top 10 in QBR, completion percentage, and touchdown passes. It's also been an area of concern for the Vikings defense. They rank 28th in opponent QBR on play action. So when these teams played in week 16, Jones threw a season high 108 yards off play action. Dan, you mentioned it earlier how well he played. But Mina, what do you expect the Giants game plan to be on Sunday? You know, th this is why I love rematches, because you get to watch the previous game and think about what worked and what didn't work. And then to your point, play action absolutely worked for both offenses. So I expect to see that. I think the Giants really took Minnesota by surprise by throwing so much in the last game. Um, so I'll be curious to see if they make any tweaks to that game plan. A couple things that stand out to me. Uh, when they did run the ball, a lot of the time it was off of RPOs. They ran 17 RPOs in this game, ran the ball on 13 of them. I think there will be opportunities there for Daniel Jones to keep and throw it because I suspect the Vikings will over-pursue the run. And speaking of the run, Daniel Jones barely used his legs in the last game, but there were opportunities to keep off of zone read. That's another thing I expect to change in this game. I, I think he will use his legs more mm. to take advantage of, you know, pretty porous Minnesota Vikings run defense. Yeah, I, I like that. Going back to that game December 24th, the Vikings cannot cover the slot receivers for the Giants. And I know that might sound crazy to people who think about the Giants oh, receivers. It's a little bit more about Minnesota's defensive structure and the people they have covering the slot rather than just the Giants receivers. Shannon Sullivan's been in the NFL for a couple years. This is not a shot at him, but the way that they play him and the way that the Giants attacked him in that first game, Daniel Jones absolutely ate up that slot defender. And so is Minnesota going to change some of the stuff, whether it's their middle field open or their middle field close stuff? Because the Giants did such a good job in middle field close. We're just going to run away. We're just going to continue to attack your outside leverage. And then their middle field open stuff, they just continue to attack with kind of his leverage. They would stem inside and run away like you do with Richie James right there. Hodgins and Richie James ate him up. I mean, look at these, these yeah. numbers for Daniel Jones. And if I'm Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, I'm going, well, the, the Viking structure is not going to change that much. The game was three weeks ago or something like that. So I'm telling Daniel Jones, continue to attack that slot until they tell you they've fixed something. Yeah, that game on Sunday afternoon. But back to Saturday in the Seahawks and 49ers. San Francisco, where rookie sensation, no longer Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, will play in his first career playoff game. Purdy and the 49ers, nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Seahawks in this one. Here's Purdy with more on his journey to get to this point. Right now, I'm looking at it like, man, we got the Seahawks. Yes, it's a playoffs, but um, for myself, it's – I got to do my job. I'm not trying to, you know, think about the storybook ending with anything like that. It's, man, I got a, a great defense I got to play on Sunday. I got to do my job in terms of getting the, getting the guys the ball, um, and all that will fall in place. But 
definitely thankful for everything that has happened, um, but you know we still have a ways to go. Purdy, all business, we got it. So, Keith, do you expect his fairy tale run to continue this week? I do, and I don't think it's a, a fairy tale. I think that Kyle Shanahan and company they know what to do with him at the quarterback spot. Again, I'll drive Dan crazy. Under 30 attempts when they played Seattle the last time, he had 26 attempts. Completion 17, 217 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. The screen game is his favorite. Double screen game, slip screen game. Put the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands. Do those sort of things, and you will come out of there with the W, and we'll continue to talk about him in the divisional round. Now, Marcus, these two teams played twice this season. We're talking about some of these rematches. Mina mentioned how much fun that is. What did you learn from watching the tape and those couple other times they played? Yeah, the most important signing in the NFL this year is Christian McCaffrey. And thank God that Brock Purdy gets the chance to be a beneficiary of that. When you look at this game against Seattle, I'm going to show you two examples of why Christian McCaffrey is the reason why I think the San Francisco 49ers legitimately have a chance. Here, you see everybody coming down, a little dump off, and the nervous energy about what he can do. Now, this is the next play. Watch the secondary for the Seattle Seahawks. George Kittle, last time I checked, is an all-pro tight end. Yes. Forget him. Christian McCaffrey has flared out to the wing. Brock Purdy is playing with house money. And this is the thing that we talk about. He has to execute his rapport that Dan has showed uh, all week long with Brandon Ayuk has been phenomenal. I don't want to take anything away from Brock, Brock Purdy. And might I mention that Debo Samuel didn't play in that game. So right. now you got another issue mm. to worry about if you're the Seattle Seahawks defense. Brock Purdy has been doing a phenomenal job, but the way this thing is set up is, is for a quarterback and the dream yeah. to play <laughs> in this system, and I think the same thing carries against the Seattle Seahawks this round. Brock Purdy's been very impressive. If I was Clint Hurt, who's the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks, I'd think of two things. One, attack that right guard for San Francisco, yeah. and listen, he's shown that he knows exactly what to look at. Use it against them. I would blitz yep. his face off. Blitz. It's the only shot you blitz. have to win. Yes. And, and no, he's going to throw into blitz. So instead of dropping away from it, drop into it and let's see how he handles all those different looks. Yes. I'd make him think. Hey, and uh, they won't see it coming at all from Seattle who doesn't, they don't blitz at all. Sorry. Good point, Mina. Uh, Marcus, thank you for leaving your jacket here on campus when you went <laughs> home yesterday. I, I appreciate it. I forgot my outfit, so thank you for You ran a raincoat. And, and he, I know. Well, he's got two, so I'm wearing the other one. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live as we get closer to Super Wild Card Weekend. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks... Imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. 
Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.